I'm, I'm excited. You can see how God is orchestrating and working. If you were here last night, you, you see God orchestrating and working in this. I, I believe this is God just ordaining our, our steps. He's directing our path. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Amen. Yes. Wanted to do something. This is off script. I'm totally throwing him off this morning. Rachel, would you join us <laughs> up on the stage? I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we want to, yeah, go ahead. We want to tell you how much we love you. We appreciate all the work, all the sacrifices that you give to Return Church, to this congregation, to the community. You know, I, not, not everybody gets the opportunity getting to be in and around with you guys a lot during the week. I get to see the, the sacrifice, the struggles, the highs, the lows, get to see all of it. And... Uh, Return Church is blessed to have you leading us, and we're thankful for you guys. And this is a small token of appreciation that came from donations from the congregation of Return Church. And if you, if you haven't given towards that, you can see Steve Manicky or myself, and we will get it added to this. But we just want you to know that we love you, we appreciate you. And we are thankful to have you as pastors. Return Church, thank you. Thank you so much for... Um, there's a great sense of love here. There's a lot of mercy here. And grace shown to people that walk in the doors. I'm grateful for Pastor Bill and Sister Elizabeth for making a way, setting a culture to reach a whole plethora of people that many people would walk on by. I wrote a song years ago. It was actually when Noah was born. And it was about a woman that's sitting on the streets that many kings would walk by and stare. But this woman was seen by the affection of Christ and had mercy on her and extended love and grace to her. That's what the church is supposed to look like. It's not about finding people that look like me, talk like me, act like me, think like me. How boring would the body of Christ be if that was the case? But God brings all people of all walks, and I love returning for that. And so I praise God. Thank you for your kindness. I love you so, so very much. God bless you. Amen. Yeah, and I, I just say it's an honor to serve this, this house. It's a blessing. Uh, it's an honor to be here and um, be a part of this church family. 
You guys have been a blessing to us. You've blessed our family uh, many, many ways. Just kindness, generosity. Uh, some of y'all came and helped uh, gut my house, remodel my house, uh, you name it. it but y- y'all are a blessing. But the, the greatest blessing is just seeing what this body's doing and coming together just to see outreach, to see our, you know, from our worship team, our media, we go all, all, all through administrative folks that help out in our offices, uh, closed closet, Portland, and uh, the jail ministry now, and all, just all these things that are going on, all the outreaches, all the just faithful faithfulness of God's kingdom. That That's what blesses me the most out of all of it. it, it it's just a joy to, to serve with people, and I'm excited about what God's doing in our church. Amen. Um, the way that people have stepped up here lately has just been incredible. Generosity. Um, Seeing, seeing what, I'm seeing what, I, what uh, one of my favorite passages of scriptures, favorite passages of scriptures, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2, where it talks about the Macedonian churches, their, their generosity, their, their, the grace of God upon them to do great things in the midst of poverty and affliction. They, they had joy and it abounded to the riches of their liberality. And, and I see that in this church. That's what God's doing in this people. And I love that. Amen. So thank you. Thank you very much. Praise God. All right. So you guys saw uh, Pastor Zach Juzak up here just a minute ago. His wife, Sarah Jane, is here as well, and, and they have a baby daughter, uh, Sasha, that's with them. Uh, but they were, they were part of the church family that we, we uh, were able to serve up in, in uh, Minnesota, Stonebridge Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. And uh, the Juzaks have become family to us. We're happy to have Pastor Kurt Julie with us this week. Thank you for coming and blessing us in our conference. And I'm not going to botch this one. If y'all were here Wednesday night, you know, or Tuesday, Thursday night, you know. Uh, they're, they're, they're family. Um, we, we spent 21 months. They were some of the most joyous and blessed months of our lives and some of the coldest months at the same time. If, if you've been to Minnesota in the winter, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, we, we love the Juzaks. They're, they're a blessing to us. I, I, Pastor Kurt and I had lunch just probably two or three times a week when, when I was up there on staff. We'd go and have business meetings. <laughs> it would end up football and all kinds of other stuff, too. But uh, th- I love this man like a brother. I got it right this time. And uh, glad to have him come share the word of the Lord with us tonight. Welcome, Pastor Kurt Juzak. Hello, Return Church. Great to be here again. We've been here a a few times now, and uh, if it's all right, uh, the Hayes became family, and uh, Return Church became family to Stonebridge Church when this whole uh, process began over uh, two, almost two and a half years ago now. And if I want to be transparent, when I got that call, and I knew that call was going to come, the Lord had brought them to us, and we had... Uh, we're doing life together, and uh, that inevitable call came, and I needed to give this man a, a reference. And I could have, I could have said, uh, "You don't want him." I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but you don't want him. But uh, I, I couldn't have recommended this man more highly uh, for this time in this place. And if you were here on. Friday, you heard a tremendous message by Nathan Thompson talking about divine positioning, and I wholeheartedly believe that that was a prophetic word for this house 
and that the Hayes are divinely positioned to be at Return Church in Clarksville, uh, Indiana uh, at this time. I believe that. I believe it wholeheartedly. I'm convinced and uh, very convicted of that. Uh, my wife, Julie, is, uh, of course, with me. She's been with me for almost 34 years. Uh, you'll have to ask her why, but she has been with me for 34 years. We have uh, our son, Zach, and, and uh, his wife, Sarah Jane, our, our grandbaby, uh, Sasha, are here. We have three uh, daughters. Uh, they're married um, and uh, two other grandchildren. And so we've just entered into this season. This year, we've had three grandchildren. And uh, wow, we're just uh, blessed to be coming into this season uh, uh, of life. Um, this is a great church. And I'm not just saying that because one of my close brothers and, uh, and the Hayes family uh, are here. I, I've been, we've been here several times. I've, I've gotten to know many of you. I, I've had conversations. I, I saw what took place last night. Just reaching out and opening your arms, welcoming in a community. This, you understand the economy of God. You understand biblical principles of what it is to reap and sow and call it prophetic or not. But, but uh, as you are sowing into the kingdom of God as this house is doing, you are going to reap the blessings of God. And the blessings of God are the people of God. This church is going to grow and expand. And uh, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm honored to watch that from a, from a distance. Uh, as Pastor Chad said, we were shoulder to shoulder for almost two years. We still walk out this life together. Uh, we're texting, we're calling, we're on video uh, chats. And so I've been walking alongside of him even in this past year and all that has taken place. And God is moving at Return Church and the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Well, I want to get into the word this morning. And again, what an honor it is. I don't take this lightly whenever I'm invited to speak to a church, a local church is my heartbeat. The local church uh, took me in as a broken young man many, many years ago. That local church has been a sanctuary and a refuge and a tower of strength for my family and I for over 35 years that, uh, that I've now been pastoring just the past seven years. And uh, so I am all about local church. I, I want to I want to take us not just to a, a, a 30,000 foot view to begin this, this message. I believe that God put on my heart. Uh, I'm going to take you up to like satellite level. Is that okay? Satellite level. So we're going to go to, to a couple of David's Psalms for just two passages. The first one is Psalm 24 and verse 1. And these, these Psalms are going to be in the, in the uh, New Living Translation. All the rest of the uh, scriptures that you hear today will be uh, New King James Version. Um, and so Psalm 24 and, and verse 1, it says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. I, I just want to let that sink in. Every star, every cloud, every mountain, every ocean, every creature, every fish, every bug, every lake, Every river, every forest, every tree, every field, every person, everyone under the sound of my voice, you belong to God. We go to Psalm 39, just verses 4 and 5, again written by David in a New Living Translation. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. 
and how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. And my entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your presence that is here with us, Lord. We truly have been worshiping you, and, and your praises have inhabited this place. Your Shekinah glory has fallen. Your train has filled this temple. Your Holy Spirit is moving, not just in our uh, physical surrounding, but it is, it is stirring and quickening within our spirits, Lord. And I pray that you continue to do this work, Lord. Give us ears to hear the word of God. And Lord, may the seed of your word take a, a, a good uh, germination and root in the fertile grounds of our hearts. Lord, I pray that we cast our cares and our concerns to the side. We've laid them down at the altar. If we haven't, we do it right now. God, we just want to receive from the, from the eternal, infallible, inerrant word of God. And may it impact our lives for change and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been such a great week, and, and we are here as, as in this mission's theme. And I want to let you know this is of no labor to me to come down to return church and be with the Hayes and see some of you people. This is a blessing to us. It's, uh, it's a break, and uh, we just are so honored to be here. But the key verse for this came out of John chapter 4 and verse 35. I'm just going to read John 34 and 35. It says, Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So, Jesus and the disciples were uh, uh, traveling, and they came through Samaria, a land that Jews didn't uh, visit and intermingle with, came to Jacob's well, and he was ministering to this woman at the well. The disciples had gone on to perhaps find some physical uh, sustenance. They came back, and they were talking about, well, Jesus, have you not eaten? You must be hungry. Did, did, did someone uh, fed him? Worried about the cares and concerns of this physical world, like so many people are. But verse, verse 35, Jesus says, do you, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Uh, there's a saying, I'm, I know that we've all heard this, at least I think we have. I have said some things that many people have never heard of. I don't know if that's a Minnesota thing or a Kurt Juzak thing, but... Uh, but the saying I'm referring to is you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see the forest for the trees. And uh, I was talking to my good friend Steve Manicky, and uh, we were talking about uh, life and kind of how we, we see life. And uh, we, got, we got talking about his, his stone fireplace. And, I, and, and we come to agreement, and I've, and I've seen those three stones, Steve. I know right where they are, and we're not going to tell anybody. But, but, but the mason that installed the stone on his fireplace could not see the forest because he was staring so close to the tree. And so he is hard at work. He's busy at work. He's, he's installing the, the, the stones and doing an immaculate job and yet never took a couple of steps back to get that satellite view to get that broader perspective of what is really going on here. And so he misses these three identical subsequent stones that now Steve cannot keep his eyes off. Of. 
I think this can be relevant to a lot of people who don't see God's call on their lives for the cares and concerns of the world. It's caught up in the... And that, listen, there, that's, that Mason was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was doing a good thing. He was laboring with his hands. Uh, a labor is worthy of his wages. All of that there, there, it was fine. It was good. It was commendable. But just as we are taking care of all the cares and the concerns and, and the, the disciples making sure, Jesus, have you eaten food? And Jesus was on so many dimensions higher than them saying, listen, my, my food is to do the will of the Father. He realized, I am only here for a short time. My, my life here on earth as a man here in the flesh is, is but, but, a, uh, but a vapor. It's like a blade of grass that grows and withers. And so therefore, I think that for much of our time, we don't see the fields for the field. I don't think we see the harvest of the white fields for the, for the field that might be right in front of us. And so I want to talk today about one thing. And if you don't hear anything else, please hear me. I want to talk today about your calling. Your calling. You have a call. Can everybody say that with me? I have a call. And some of you, maybe, maybe that's the first time you've ever said that. And I, I pray by God's divine providence by the end of this message that you will say it with conviction and confidence in him, not in your abilities. Because I'm up here. He's, made, he's being made strong in my weakness, trust me. But you will have conviction over that saying. So uh, I want us to recognize as, as the church, and, and the church is not this beautiful building that you guys have. This is a structure. It's a building. This thing could burn down tomorrow. You are the church. The people are the church. And we need to recognize as members of the church that we, each and every member of the body that is functioning, is called by God. Amen. Called simply means to be called by God that you, uh, for certain purposes. So you're, 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 let me just fast forward. Your purpose might not be standing up here and, and thank God for that, because this is not exactly the funnest thing for me. It's not. I'm a, uh, ask my wife, I'm an introvert. I'd probably do better sitting in a deer stand in Steve's woods right now than I would up here. But I couldn't ignore the call of God in my life. Let me get some context here. I mean, it was uh, just uh, seven and a half years ago, I was uh, uh, running a contracting, we owned a contracting company. Nine years before that, I was a contractor, uh, a sales rep for a general contractor. 20 plus years before that, I was a dusty cement man. I'm a union cement finisher by trade. And as I'm walking with God, by the way, let me just, this is not in my notes, this is, this is free, take this home. God doesn't order your life, he doesn't order your journey, he doesn't even order your path, he orders your steps. And so you take them one by one by one, make sure you're following him, make sure the steps you're taking are ordered of him, but when they are, he will lead you right into the divine purpose and calling of your life. And it gives meaning and value to life. And so to be called is to be called by God for certain purposes. So when a person becomes aware of that call, you simply surrender to it. You answer it. And then you're going to experience life as I, I believe God intended in this temporary time that we're going to be here. So first, every Christian is called. And our first calling is out of this world. When I said everybody belongs to God, 
I meant even those that have not acknowledged him as Lord and Savior. But he, he created them. I mean, if, if I take uh, something, uh, if I take some clay and I form it and I, I bake it and I put lacquer on it and put it on my shelf, guess whose it is? It's mine. I created it. I made it. So everybody, everybody is, all, uh, is already uh, the Lord's. And so uh, first we're called to salvation. We're called out of the world and into his church. In Matthew 13, verses 38 and 39, he describes what the field is. These fields that are white unto harvest. The field is the world. It goes on to say the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are of the sons of the wicked one, and it's the enemy who sold them, and his name is the devil. We all have an enemy of our souls. His name is the devil. Without Christ, this, is, this, this whole world is, is in bondage. It's living in condemnation because it's separated from God by sin. All the world influenced by the ruler of this world, and it's under the, the deception of our soul's enemy. First John wrote about this in chapter 5, when he said, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. All mankind originally has this same root problem. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God or of being able to be in the presence of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. But, capital B-U-T, all mankind ultimately has the same one and only answer for this one and only problem, and his name is Jesus. The one Jesus, God in the flesh, who came to this earth to seek and save those who are lost, to provide forgiveness of sins and eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, Paul writes, He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And so while it's true that we all live in our own world, ever been accused of living in your own world? Like, what world are you living in? Living in my own world. I want us to realize that the world that the Bible is speaking of is much, much larger, larger than any one of our worlds here. It's much larger than all of our worlds put together, as a matter of fact. Just as he is so much larger than what our infinite minds can even comprehend or, or understand. And I want you to know his call and his purpose, I believe, is much larger than, than what you're realizing right now. And I'm I'm, I'm preaching to myself, I'm preaching to Pastor Chad, to, Nate, to Nathan and Sergio the, 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 and Claudia, the missionaries that are here, each and every one that is listening to my voice. I think that your purposes for God are much larger than, than where we are right now because he is calling us to him out of the world and he's calling us to himself and everything that God is about is alive and well and growing and increasing. He's the God of life, of God of increase, the God of more. I've been, I've been challenged this week, just in the time of worship, the time of prayer, hearing uh, those share, challenged to, to take a measurement of my prayers. And you know what? They've been way too small. They've, they've, been, they've been too small. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to be making them bigger because I know one thing, the God that I've getting to know more and more, he can handle every one of them. 
There's not a prayer that he will not hear. There's not a prayer that he will not perfectly uh, decide uh, whether to answer it and when to answer it. He can handle our prayers. Let's, Let's pray to a big God. Let's remember that. So we all live in this world, but of course the Bible says to not be of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. 2 Corinthians 6.17, Paul continues to write to the church in Corinth and says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. So the first thing is, our first calling in life, whether we've ever been in a church or uh, in a service or anywhere, is to be called out of this world, out of our lifestyle of sin, and into the mighty presence of God. The second call is into obedience to God and his word. We're called to obedience to God and his word. Uh, I'm, uh, every Christian, and let me qualify Christian after listening to uh, Reverend Sean Alexander the other, the other day, and he just got my, my uh, something moving, something stirring. I, I hope it was the Holy Spirit, Sean. Anyways, every Christian, I'm talking about a true convert. I'm not talking about a, a, someone that just says that I, I believe in Jesus and he died on the cross for man's sins. You know what? Lucifer believes that. Satan believes that. He believes that. He knows that. It's more than someone just repeating a, a prayer after me. It's more than someone just getting dunked in, in, in water and going on. No, a true convert, I believe, is summarized by, again... The Apostle Paul, when he writes to the church in Corinth, in that 2 Corinthians, the next chapter, 7, verse 10, when he says, godly sorrow. So those that have experienced godly sorrow for the state and condition that we're in, for our sinful lifestyle, well, it leads to his repentance, a changing of the mind and a turning from those ways. And that leads us to salvation, true salvation, where a spirit that was dead in our sins and trespasses now is, now is made alive, it's reborn, and it's quickened. With the, with the Holy Spirit, and he comes to abide in us. And I, I, I said this, and it, it, it's been, it, I, I'm, I'm still mulling this over. And I, uh, this is, I'll use Sean's phrase, in my opinion. As the Holy Spirit of God comes and abides in us. This, this uh, gives me headaches if I think too long about it. The Holy Spirit of God abiding in me, uh, so we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. I'm one-third the Holy Spirit. If we could be one-third Holy Spirit, Think of how you answer this call of God in your life. He's overcome the sins of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He's overcome those things because of his shed blood on the cross, because of his defeating death when he rose from the grave, not just forgiving our sins, but defeating the power of those sins. And so John 14, 15, and 21, as we are looking at, the next call is to be in obedience to him and his word. John 14, uh, verse 15, and then verse 21, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 21 says, He who has my commandments and keeps them or obeys them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest or reveal myself to him. So, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I've had... I've been, I've been doing life with people, like all of us, right? Anybody else doing life with people? I mean, we do life with a lot of people, and we hear people say a lot of things. And I've heard a lot of Christians say a lot of things, something, I love God, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, and I'm looking at the fruit of their lifestyle, and I'm like, what Lord and what God are you talking about? 
There's no evidence there at, at all. The Bible has given us this simple, uh, succinct answer to uh, the question of whether somebody loves the Lord or not. If you love the Lord, this is what the Bible says. And I know I, there's people here interested in the Bible, isn't there? Yeah. The Bible says that if you love me, you will obey me. Stop with the lip service. Talk is cheap. What are you, what decisions are you making? What choices are you making? What fruit are you, is the fruit of the Spirit being born, bore out into your life? Are you giving rather than taking? Our, uh, our, uh, it's another message. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right? If we obey his commandments. If, if, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, again, this is the liar. You, you don't hate on me. This is the Bible. This, his commandments, uh, he does not keep his commandments. He's a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is, is perfected. It means that it's been completed in him. And by this we know that we are in him or in relationship with him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. So I believe when many here read these passages, when you're talking about keeping and obeying his, his commandments, all these admonishments about keeping the commandments of God, that they instantly probably think of God's law and the Ten Commandments. It's, and, and they should. They, they are included. But they say things like this, well, I, I don't serve any false gods. I don't blaspheme and curse God by his, his name. I don't commit adultery. I'm not stealing and cheating and and Lydie and I certainly haven't murdered anyone. So while all those are, are, are included in our obedience to him, there's far more than those laws of the Ten Commandments in God's word. How about the great commandment? The great commandment, what Jesus references Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Leviticus chapter 19, in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. There's another great commandment. It's called the Great Commission. You, you didn't think it was the Great Suggestion. Did, did you? anybody here think it was the Great Suggestion? No, it is a command from God. And if we've been called out of the world and have the Holy Spirit abiding in us, He's called us to obey his word. And when you obey his word, power, power is released in our lives. Power to overcome uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the soul's enemy. Power to overcome the prince and uh, ruler of this world. Power to overcome our, the desires of our own flesh that have been habitual, that have no power over us anymore. They've just been a habit forming. The Holy Spirit gives us power to overcome that. So this great commission sits here and those of us that have read the Bible a few times, it sits there at the end of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, those last couple of verses, verses 19 and 20. We sit there and it's like, so what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Let me read it. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What I don't read here is that there will be just a few of you that are going to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. 
It doesn't say Nathan Thompson, you, just, just you this morning. Sergio, maybe just, just you and Claudia. It doesn't say that. This is, a, this is a word of the Lord to each and every one of us that call him Jesus, call him Lord, call him Savior. And so if we really love him and his word says that we're going to take this, this next step of obeying him and his commandments, it includes the Ten Commandments, of course, that are written on our heart. But it also includes the great commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That enough is plenty to think through. The great commission, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. So we're called out of this world. We're called into obedience to him and his word. And thirdly, we're called into ministry. All right, now it's getting dicey. Now it's getting dicey. I was okay to be called out of the world. That is a great, great calling. Because you've just called me out of death and into life. You've just called me out of the eternal pit of hell and put me in heaven with the, for all of eternity. Love that call. And then you got a little more challenging. You need to be called to obedience to God and his word. Here's the great news. He helps us. He empowers us to do that. That's the Holy Spirit that abides in us. And now we bring it to that next level of every Christian, every Christian is called to ministry called to ministry. You see pastors up here. You see Pastor Chad up here almost every Sunday. Ephesians 4, 12, and 13, it says, and 11 through 13, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So I know that a lot of, a lot of people, and I grew up for the longest time thinking, well, it's, he's the pastor for crying out loud. That's what he's supposed to do. Do the ministry. Verse 12, we're called to be pastors for the equipping of the saints. Have any saints here this morning? Amen. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building up of the body of Christ. So as pastors, yes, we are in ministry, full-time ministry, full life, full ministry here. But we're called to equip the members of the body of the church, and the saints are called to do the work of the ministry. So, if you're doing the work of the ministry, guess what that makes you? Let me say it for you. A minister. We're all, I think it was within a month of me taking the pulpit as lead pastor at Stonebridge Church, I was giving a, a similar type of a message. And uh, it's a good thing these lights are so bright and I can't see your facial expressions or it might have thrown me for a loop as it did then. When I'm telling my people that you're all ministers, they all thought they were looking at the minister, I'm telling them, no, no, you are all ministers. A minister, by definition, it's a servant. That's simply what a minister is. A servant. You know, you know the, the, this, this term servant is mentioned no less than 57 times in the New Testament? A servant an agent appointed to transact or manage business, gets, gets really good here, under the authority of another. And the business that we are about is the Father's business. And we are under the authority of Jesus and under the power of the Holy Spirit. And ministry, therefore, is simply the command of God to proclaim and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Service to all. 
endowed by God with powers of mind and heart, especially adapted to this end, to endeavor zealously and uh, lab lab laboriously to promote the cause of Christ among men. We are all called to the ministry. Now, this work that we are being equipped for and this work that we are doing, let's make this crystal clear, this, this, this great work that we're called to doesn't save us. We all understand that? Being, being busy for God and doing for God and, and, and giving all that we can for God, none of that saves us. Right? We're saved by grace. We're saved by faith. It's a free gift that God gives us. We simply need to, we simply need to have, have recognize sorrow for our sin, repent from our ways, and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for us, and we walk in that power. So this great work doesn't save us, but I'll tell you what it does do. It does reveal that we are saved. Back to the fruit of our lifestyle. If there's no fruit being born in the lifestyle, I personally, in my humble opinion, am going to question whether that person is truly saved. According to the Bible, not by my own definition, not by my own standards and preferences and, and, and pet, pet uh, passages and, and whatnot. No, according to the holy scriptures of God. And so the purpose of the church is that the word of God is faithfully preached. And I think, again, we think of this preaching correlation as what I'm doing here right now. But no, preaching is simply proclaiming. We're, we're just proclaiming. We're just, we're just declaring. It means teaching. It means instructing those in the word of God and, and, and we need to keep in mind that, that satellite view and not get caught uh, staring at our own cares and concerns of this world that every corner of this world was in Jesus' purview when he went to that cross and when he defeated sin and death every corner every nation, every tribe every ethnicity and he lets us know in Mark chapter 16 and 15 for those of you that know that the great commission is in all the gospels and in Acts and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right. This isn't in my notes, but if you need practice before you start on hum uh, humans, uh, give it a shot with some of the animals and the birds and the... And the, and the... <laughs> right? Pra practice on it. I don't think it, it certainly ain't going to hurt them. All of us, all of us who come to know Jesus by his grace and through his death, burial, and resurrection. We, we've been given marching orders, saints. And that is a word of go. Go into all the world. Go into your world. Go into the world around you in your neighborhood and your community. Go into uh, the nations abroad and into the uttermost parts of the world. God is commanding us to go as he calls us to ministry. So part of being called into that ministry is that every Christian is commissioned to be a missionary. Every Christian has been commissioned by God Almighty to be a missionary. Stretch, stretching, a little, stretching some of you a little bit here. Let me, let me give you a, a, a simple definition. We can get technical. We can get technical on, on what it is, but let me give you a simple definition of what a missionary is. One sent to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. One sent to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. One sent to spread the gospel of Jesus. Someone that is called out of this world, is, is uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go proclaim life to those that are dying without their Lord and Savior. You're a missionary, follower of Jesus, called to share 
that good news. Commissioned, commissioned is another big word. It simply means empowered. We read that, authorized with the authority of the highest authority uh, uh, that you will ever, ever hear about, the authority of Jesus. All things are created by him, for him, and through him. There is no authority higher than him. And it's that authority that he has given us to go and make disciples. Because he desires this world to be saved and to come to the saving knowledge of who he is. He gives this charge to his followers, his disciples, with this great commission. And so as a member of the body of Christ, it's our mission. It's our being sent to do the work of the ministry, to promote the cause of Christ. I've heard that a lot about some of our younger generations, and it's very true. They have talking about how they, they just love a cause. They, they will just grab a cause, and I, unfortunately, too many causes, and I'm going to say cause with a little c. They'll grab onto any cause, and they will almost martyr themselves for that cause, little c cause. This is a longing that is within them that God created and instilled in them is what's really going on. There is a longing to have meaning, purpose, and value in their life, and to do that, we need a cause. And I'm here to declare that that cause is a capital C cause, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is no greater cause. My lifespan is as wide as my hand. My life is as a vapor. What am I doing chasing the things of the world? building my own kingdom, looking for accolades. I may be gone tomorrow. I want my last breath to be telling somebody about Jesus. I want my life to mean something. I want it to be worth something. We're commissioned to go and make disciples. I love this term, disciples. It has a dual meaning. It's, it's not, it has a dual meaning. Disciple as a noun is what we are, those that have put our faith and trust in Jesus. We're, we're learners. We're pupils. We're ones that receive instruction, and we continue to receive instruction. Uh, retain your teachable spirit. Retain your teachable spirit. Let the Word of God teach you. Let your pastor and your leaders teach you. Teach yourself by reading the Word of God. And then also disciple is used as a verb. It means to teach or to train or to bring up. And so if you're just starting out in all of this, if I'm just rocking your world and you had no idea that you were called of God, that you were called to ministry, and that you're called to be a missionary, listen, don't fret. Don't fret. God promises to empower us for this work, and he lets us know in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. You know the Greek word there that's used for witness? It's martis. It's English translation is martyr. Okay, now I'm really messing with you. Martyr. But ask those disciples... They will go to their death for a cause that they wholeheartedly believed in. It was bigger than life. It was bigger than immediate gratification and satisfying the fleshly needs. There's no greater cause. They're willing to martyr themselves for that. That's what a witness is. And so as followers of Christ, we're called to preach the gospel and continue to proclaim this good news. 
to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria. Jesus, he gave this command to his disciples and he commissioned them. And he commissioned them with his authority. And so when, as they did, when they went in his name, you go in the name of Jesus and I'm telling you, you carry the highest authority and the greatest power that this universe has ever seen or experienced or ever will. Commissioned by the one who has all authority. I ran from my calling to full-time ministry right out the gates of my teenage life. Because I somehow thought I had to do it all myself. I thought it was based on my abilities. I thought it was going to be based on my talents and my giftings. And having compared those things to everybody around me, it was not going to work. It was not going to go well. No one's going to like me. They're going to hate me, and I'll be me and me and me, me, myself, and I. That, that's going to be the bulk of my ministry. And so I just had to learn the hard way, as some of us do. Pastor Chad wasn't so wrong when he said, you heard from the chip, uh, Pastor Zach, and now you're going to hear from the blockhead, <laughs> Pastor Kurt. But listen to Romans 8, 11. Let, let this just encourage you and inspire you and empower you. But if the spirit who raised him, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through or because of his spirit that dwells in you. I can't tell you how many times this has brought me through a situation that I've faced as a full-time uh, pastor, lead pastor none, nonetheless. I asked to take uh, a suicide. I've, I've preached three suicide funerals. I'm telling you, you want to talk about inadequate and, and, and not equipped. But I remind myself the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And he quickens and empowers my mortal body. And he, he, he puts, he, he, when, when we surrender it all, I mean it all, our soul, spirit, and body, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, submit it and surrender it all to God so that the Holy Spirit can empower your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then walk into it humbly and say, and be strong out of my weakness. And I pray that they hear and see Jesus and forget who I am. So how does a healthy local church contribute and fulfill this great commission? I've, I've given you this information. I've, I've, I've told you who you are in relationship with Christ. I've told you what your calling is. I've told you that you've been empowered by the greatest authority and power the universe has ever seen. Now, now how do we get it done? How do we do it? Of course, it begins with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You will do nothing in this life that's uh, meaning, meaningful in all of eternity if faith is not included. So it's going to take faith. It's going to take the heart of God stirring within us. It's going to take us to evangelize and proclaim. It's going to be te teaching and instructing and discipling people. That's what this process uh, uh, is about fulfilling this great commission. And we do it through two main arms. And I, I, I was really praying about this, Pastor Chad, and I'm recognizing this in my week here. We do this with two strong arms. And use your, use your analogy. I thought of a seesaw. I thought of a bow and arrow. Without two evenly equal strong arms, that arrow is not going to be as effective as it, in, as it is intended to be effective. And these two arms I'm talking about is domestic missions and foreign missions. Right. Domestic missions and for, 
foreign missions. We are charged by the Lord, as I said. We're, we're commissioned to carry out this, this mission, domestic and foreign, by God. Simply put, start talking about Jesus, keep talking about Jesus, and don't stop talking about Jesus till he comes or takes you home. So we start with Jerusalem. We start, start where we are. Start with ourselves and start with our own families. And let me just pause and put a note here. As I found out in, in, in uh, discipling others is that they, they, they are ready to hear the call of God on their life. And, and, and they're looking about five, six, seven steps out. And they haven't even taken the first step that God asked them to take. Listen, if, you're, if your own personal life and your home isn't in order, God's not calling you to the uttermost parts of the world. We, we, we got to get it right with ourselves. We got to get it right with our wives. We got to get it right with our, with our children that are not adults yet making their own decisions. Pray for them. Disciple them as they allow. But, but you know what I'm talking about. With, with Make sure that uh, my wife likes to say when she hears another couple getting a divorce, she always says, he should have been watering his own grass. Instead of looking for the, someone else's green grass. So, so Jerusalem, that's where we start. And then we move into Judea. And I want to commend Return Church. You guys are moving into Judea. You guys do Judea a whole lot better than we do it up at Stonebridge. That arm's a little weak. I've been praying to God to help us with that. Your neighborhoods, your community, your marketplace, the, the, the businesses... I mean, I, first, first, first I was rocked when I heard that you had raised nearly $60,000 last year to uh, missions, domestic and foreign. I, I, amazing. Amazing. And then last night, I got to experience it. I got to, I got to, to, to live, it, live it firsthand. I, matter of fact, I was so excited, I joined in, and, and I went and talked to a couple of people and said, you've got to come and check out this church. This is a good church. Pastor, Pastor Chad, he's, a real, he's the real deal. He's, he's, what you see is what you get. And that's, what I, that's why, that's why we're, we're brothers from, from another mother, right? That's why we're friends. That's why we're friends that stick closer than brothers. This is it. I mean, I might have some nicer clothes on, but you're... I, I, That's only because I'm trying to honor the house of God and Pastor Chad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's authentic. It's genuine. I don't know of a harder working minister than Chad Hayes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think he would have been honest enough and told me, but there was times I was feeling guilty of all the things I had him doing at Stonebridge Church. No wonder I didn't want to let him go. <laughs> but let me, just, let me just applaud Return Church for a minute and your domestic missions arm. Last night's fall festival outreach, tremendous, amazing. God's going God's to bring fruit out of that. God's going to grow that. God's going to extend your reach into the, uh, this, this community. Friday night's bilingual service and tonight's Spanish service. Wow, that, that's, that's going into Judea. That's, that's reaching out. Portland Life Center that's been going on for years. The clothes closet, the Clark City uh, Jail Outreach, Mask Off Ministries. I, I commend and applaud Return Church for what they're doing in domestic missions. Amen. Amen. For the glory of God. 
for the glory of God. Another way that a healthy local church contributes to fulfill this great commandment of the Great Commission is to go into Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. We say, how, how does that happen? With foreign missionaries. With foreign missionaries. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then shall they call on him in, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or a proclaimer? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, and this is, comes out of Isaiah chapter 52, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things to all of these people around the world. How else are those people that are trapped in their sins and those that are being deceived by the enemy of their souls, how else are they to hear the good news that they are not to hear it from foreign missionaries? And so as an obedient servant of the kingdom of God called to his eternal work that we've all been called to, how? How, how, how can we support foreign missions? And I've got just four, four quick ways here that we can do this. Number one, and you, to the missionary, and I've been to dozens of missions conferences over these last uh, seven and a half years, spoken to hundreds of missionaries, and I'll ask them, what's the number one thing I can do for you? Every time, without exception, they'll say, pray for us. Pray for us. I, I, I mean, God, God will do... Listen, we're talking about the God that spoke this world into existence. He created it out of nothing. So they'd rather have the power of the true and only living God making something out of nothing, uh, creating ways into uh, highways and byways that were shut down, softening the hearts of, of hardened people that have never heard, heard the gospel. They'll take that first and foremost so you can pray. I encourage you, if you do nothing else for foreign missions, pray for them. Pray for them. Get to know one, introduce yourself, meet someone, uh, and, and pray for them. Number two is money support. Money support. This is just where rubber hits the road. Rubber hits the road. We've already been, if you've already been praying, just continue to pray. And uh, even, to, even today, we're praying for Sergio and Claudia. We gather, we agree together by faith. But we can support these works with the blessings of money that God's provided to us when it all comes down to it. Every active ministry today needs money to function and be effective. I mean, this is just the, the world's economy that we live in. Try, all of you know this, try surviving without that currency. Try it. But missionaries, you need to understand, missionaries that are already in the field, bringing in the fields that are white for harvest, they're, they're really an extension. We, we, the ones that we're partnered with at Stonebridge Church, we see them as an extension of what God's calling us to do as the local church. We, we, we are partnering with our missionary brothers and sisters who have answered that call to go even further than Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then it becomes this joint effort so that we can cover this vast field of the world that is ready for harvest, as Jesus said. So much ground to cover, especially in these last days. They're an extension of the local church, and they depend on local churches for support. You can read about this, uh, Paul, read about this in Paul in Philippians 4. We won't take the time to go there. I, I know that 
Maybe some of you are new here, and maybe this is resonating you, but uh, people uh, get upset and always accusing the church of always asking for money. You guys are always asking for money. Yep, guilty. We are. We're asking for money. But it's not for ourselves. It's not for personal gain. It's not for wealth. It's for the expansion of the kingdom of God. It's for bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to a, to a world, to a field that is ready for harvest. Think of over half of Jesus' parables were about money. The love of money, we know that. It's the root of all types of evil. But I, I was thinking uh, about this. When, I, our, when we, when we want to control our own money, that all comes from him, by the way. Remember how long your life is lasting? Remember how long we're going to be there? Everything we have is from the Lord. It's out of his mercy, and it's out of his grace, and it's out of his generosity. But when I have held back my money or controlled my money, I'm holding back and controlling my faith. That very thing that I operate with the Lord in, and without faith, it doesn't work. I think about why has God blessed us at times that he's blessed us? Why did he bless us like that? It's so that we could reach the fields that are white unto harvest. It's so that we could answer the call to be proclaimers of the gospel. Think that, think about this. Whatever it is in your life that's controlling you, maybe it's not money, whatever it is in your life that's, that's controlling you, if you surrender and release it to God, it will not have control of you anymore. And so I, I'm just encouraging some of you, release your bank account. Release your pocketbook. The tighter that you are gripping, the less God can put in your hands. Clenching your fists is not allowing God to, to, to pour into you to receive. And this is a mindset. This is a, this is a heart condition. This is a move that goes to the very core of our spirits. Release to God, and then it won't have control over us. Be confident to give. And I encourage you, don't, don't give out of your abundance. Give out of your faith. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. Don't, don't, don't. I say this here, just don't be an idiot. Okay? God gave you a brain, use it. Use, use wisdom. But allow God to stretch your faith. And I'm telling you, that is an area that is a true test of where we are with God. It, it really, probably, another message that Pastor Chad will preach next week. What's another way, Pastor, that we can get involved in foreign missions? We want to strengthen this arm. You can go on short-term mission trips. You can go on short-term mission trips. It was great to get to know some of you here from return that went down to Eagle Pass, Texas, Piedras Negras, Mexico on the border, helping out the crab trees with Promise Family Services and, and building that. Uh, and uh, and, and these, these guys, when you get to know them and talk to them, they're, they're always looking for some kind of helps in that way. They, they want to come. They invite you. And if they don't have a project for you to physically work on, you can say, I, I'm not talented with carpentry or concrete. And, and don't, don't, by the way, don't tell anybody that I do concrete. Do not tell anybody. <laughs> Nathan, Sergio, I, I'm retired. I don't do concrete anymore. I almost died down in Eagle Pass, Texas, for crying out loud. Uh, Luke, 10, Luke 10 and 2, it says, then, then he said to them, the, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore... Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pastor Chad mentioned that on Wednesday night. The Lord of the harvest. The field that is the world that is white unto harvest. He's the Lord of that harvest. The Lord, and he wants to send out laborers. He wants to send out called ministers and missionaries of the gospel into that harvest. 
I personally, uh, I haven't, it's, it, my bucket list doesn't include a lot of grandiose things in this world. But it does include visiting foreign mission fields. I've got standing invitations to, you name the nation, I probably have standing invitations. I'm just trusting God to work that out. But I want to get to those mission fields. I want to get out into that harvest. I want to inspire. I want to encourage. I want to roll up my sleeves and do anything I can except concrete. <laughs> I was 15 years old, and I went to Haiti. I went to Haiti when I was 15 years old with a group of men. We worked on two churches, one right in Port-au-Prince, one a couple hours out. It was probably only five miles out, but it took us two hours to get there. It changed my life. It impacted my life so deeply that I've got vivid memories of what I saw and what I experienced. The smell and the stench is actually still stuck in some of my nostril hairs of when I was in Haiti when I was 15 years old. Rootedly impacted my life. I, uh, we've been fortunate to take groups down to Reynosa, Mexico, and, and uh, help out uh, Brother Roland in building these uh, they call them houses, I call them these shacks on the, in the colonia, the dumping grounds where the government gives them this property. You want to build a shanty? Build it on these dumping grounds. Been down there three times. You want to wreck your life? Go do that. I mean wreck in a good way. That's probably a young generation, one of the few young generation terms I use. You want to be wrecked for Jesus? Go on a short-term mission trip. Life is short. I, I, I don't want to be making these decisions that look to other people like I'm staying, trying to stay here forever. I'm not. We, we, we're not. And the fourth thing was to go into full-time ministry and be a missionary to the uttermost parts of the world yourself. This is as far as I'm going to push you this morning. Go be a missionary. Go be a missionary. What is... We, and I, we were in conversation with some people and said, well, yeah, what does a missionary look like? I don't think people understand what missionaries look like because I think, I think a lot of you have, have this image of John the Baptist in your mind, right? You're going to have to walk around with camel hair and a leather belt chewing wild locusts. <laughs> and you might. <laughs> Amen, Sergio, Nathan? But being a, being a missionary to the uttermost parts of the world is just you being you. Bringing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ to a people that are lost and dying without him. I love this as I'm landing this plane. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Chad. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Very familiar verse for those of us that know our Bible. But he also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. I got thinking about what, what do you got to lose to truly, passionately, convictingly say this to God? Who am I but yours, oh God? What, 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 what do I have to gain? I don't even have tomorrow promised. Why don't you send me? Why don't you send me and send me now? Because I know this, that if God is who he says he is, and we are who we say we are, missions is not optional. Missions is not optional. I don't think there's anything more important to him than a sinner that's lost, dying and on his way to an eternal hell. Stonebridge Church, we're engaged in foreign missions, and my heart is to 
to press in even further and expand our involvement in partnering with these other missionaries that are bringing in the harvest in the fields of the world. And I don't say this braggadociously at all. I say this to encourage Return Church. Stonebridge Church is smaller than Return Church. And I just, I just looked for the first time. I had our admin assistant say, will you look since uh, I've been pastor how much we've given to, to, uh, uh, to foreign missions? And she got back to me. It's over a quarter of a million dollars we've given to foreign missions. Again, again, it's, 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 it's not enough. It's humbling as that might sound. And Hey, we got a big fat mortgage too, by the way. We got prime property right in the southern metro of Minneapolis, and it's expensive there. We've got, this, we've got a mortgage. We've got utilities. We've got expenses. We've got bills. We've got people that need to be uh, on, on staff. But I tell you, when we, we were running into some time through COVID, as everybody probably was, and us... Elders and direct, board of directors got together and say, we will let other things go, but we will not reduce our foreign missionary fund one cent. We believe that strongly in that arm of, of, of God's call on our life. Because I know one thing, God's not going to ask us how many square feet our church was. He's not going to ask how many seats our, our sanctuary uh, could, could fit in. He's not going to ask us how well known we are or how big our ministries got. He's going to ask us himself. He's going to ask himself, how faithful we, were we to answering the call of God on our life? How faithful we, were we to his word, to, to his calling, to his calling? And so I just want to encourage everybody here today. God is moving. I commend you for what you're doing. Let's do more together with the power of the Lord. Let's, let's do more and, and surrendering and submitting to this call. I've challenged you greatly and deeply, but know that it's God who moves on the hearts of his people. And it's God that works in and through each and every one of us. And so let me just reread these passages I opened up with. Psalm 24 and 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. That includes each and every one of you. In Psalm 39, 4 and 5, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that the days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand, and my entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best, each of us but a breath. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled to even be gathered together in your presence. We are so grateful that you first loved us while we were yet sinners. And you went to the cross and you paid a penalty that was rightly and justly due. You're a righteous and just God. And you're a loving, merciful, and gracious God. And you paid that penalty for us. You defeated sin and its power. And it, you defeated death and its grip that was uh, held on our lives. Simply asking us to answer your call. of Coming out of this world coming out of our sinful lifestyles. We have surrendered our lives to you, our steps to you, our days to you, Lord. And Lord, we ask for continued help to obey you and your word. Lord, help us break free from the habits of the flesh, Lord, that we remember when we weren't walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, encourage the people, Lord, that they might confidently walk 
in the fact that they are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you've called each and every one of us to be missionaries, to be sent to proclaim the greatest news that has ever been told. Lord, that it might bring you glory and that I might bless all the people that are yours. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Challenging word. I want to do more for Jesus after hearing this. I want to do more for the cause, the only cause that matters. Amen. And maybe you're here today and you say, um, I can't do that. I don't understand everything that preacher was talking about, and there's no way I could do that. Pastor Kurt and I are both good examples, two old construction guys. I'm a, I'm a cowpoke and construction guy myself. God can use us, he can use you. And maybe, it's, maybe you'll never stand in a pulpit and preach like Pastor Kurt and I. Maybe you'll never go to a foreign nation like these missionaries that are with us. But where you're at, God wants to use you for his purpose. Amen? Where you're at, God wants to use you for his purpose. And if you, if you don't understand it all, if you don't understand everything this uh, preacher said to us today, keep coming. Keep coming. I'm going to tell you, my job, as Pastor Kurt said, is the equipping of the saints. It's to build you for the ministry that God's called you to do. Amen? Praise God. If you don't know Jesus, we're going to wrap up. And we, we've taken a little extra time today. We've done a lot of some extra things in our service. And, you know, we're, we're going to take one more offering. And we don't do this every year. This is the one week out of the year where we raise money to support missions and outreach. And so we don't do this every week, every year, or every weekend. We've taken extra time. So if you need anything from the Lord, I'm going to invite you to come and pray at the end of the service. Uh, I'm going to ask our ushers to bring their, the offering plates and put them on the, um, the altar here. If you've got a pledge form and you filled that out, you can bring that and put it in the offering. Take the white copy, put it in the offering plate. Keep the yellow copy so you can remember your pledge. And I'm just going to invite you guys at the end of our service here to, to come and give. Pastor Nick, if you would bring, we have some, uh, uh, some of the missions jars that have come back. One, one of these jars actually has the taco money in it. We, we put the taco money in one of the missions jars. But uh, if you've got your offering, you can bring that. I'm going to pray and dismiss. Again, if you need prayer for anything, if you want to start a walk with Jesus, if you need help in your life in any way, you want us to pray with you, whatever it is. If there's sickness in your body, you're dealing with some kind of a struggle and you need prayer, we want to pray with you. So as everyone is leaving, you can come forward, and um, we're, we're going to be here to pray with you. I want to pray. Father, I thank you for this, this great week together. Thank you for our conference and what we were able to accomplish, what's been sown and imparted into this local body. And I thank you for what this local body has been able to do to raise money. Uh, as Pastor Kurt said, to reach locally, domestically, and, Lord, to reach internationally. Lord, we want to be a church that is reaching our Jerusalem, our Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Help us to do that, Lord. God. Help us to grow. Lord, help us all to rise up to be the people that you've called us to be, to do the work that you've called us to do, every one of us. 
Father, we thank you for that. We give you praise for that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.